When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so hello, uh, I think this is the penultimate talk of the expo. So I hope everyone's enjoyed the talk so far. Um, and I really hope that this comes off as a really positive talk. Um, cause it's gonna, I think it's going to be a bit of a different perspective from a lot of the other speakers. Uh, so I'm Jody Azhar. Um, I'm currently the CEO of Teasel Cat games uh were an independent studio that i set up at the end of last year prior to that i was the technical art director for total war i've spent 10 years in the industry working in the uk um, i'm also a founding member of pocket play uh, alongside des uh the previous speaker um pocket play is a racial equity and inclusion movement for video games based here in the uk and I'm also on the advisory board for Games for EU, uh, which is a grassroots UK games industry movement uh, to fight against Brexit because unions are awesome. Um, and I love making games. And I think there are some awesome parts of our industry and that it's possible to have a long and healthy career making video games. So why am I talking about redefining success? Um, well, it is a great industry, but it is competitive. Uh, people do get made redundant. People suffer from burnout. And sometimes you have to make difficult life choices uh, to, in order to have the career that you want. But it is a highly profitable industry. Uh, in the UK, uh, video games industry is worth more than film and music combined. Um. And while this talk is called Redefining Success, it's kind of turned into a little bit of a retrospective introspective because after hearing Larry and Brandon speak and some of the other speakers over the last few days, I think there's a lot of concern by people about being able to have a good career. So I wanna give some perspective from someone who's had a very stable career. I have never crunched, uh, not in my entire 10 year career. Um, I became a technical art director at a studio where my team and I were supporting over 90 artists and I got there without having done any crunch. Um, I've been made redundant technically once. Uh, I survived three redundancies, but one of them I took voluntarily because I wanted to pursue it different uh, position um, and I've been paid pretty well throughout my career um, and a big part of I guess that success came from decisions I made and what I prioritized what I decided success would look like for me uh, decisions like where I worked and what I was willing to put up with um, and yet despite Reaching the top of the technical art ladder, so even within sort of 
to be a technical art director, that's a position that only exists in large studios that can actually sustain someone being at the top of that department and having other technical artists below them. Um, despite that, despite being successful and enjoying that, I still decided to go independent. So I want people to be aware that there is stability out there. It's not a pipe dream to want to make video games and sort of have a balanced life, but also that having security means that you can scrutinize the industry. You can chase what makes you happy instead of worrying whether you're going to have a job in six months time or whether you're going to have enough money in the bank um, if you decide to take a holiday. Um, so you get the nice dictionary definition that comes with these times of talk. What is success? It's the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So it sounds like success is intentional. It's this wanting something and then getting it. But that doesn't really answer the question for us. How do I know if I'm successful? And how do I know whether what I want is right? And it's a bit of a cheat because there is no correct answer. I can tell you what worked for me, what shaped my decisions, but that doesn't mean that those decisions are what's best for you. Uh, I have no idea about your particular situations, like anyone watching this, um, what your life is like, what your dreams and ambitions are. Um, but I can tell you sort of how I came to my conclusions. So I have some sort of aims and purposes uh, in my career. Um, I want to have a career making games. I, I love making games. I want to be doing it my whole life. I can't think of what else I'd be doing right now. I also want to feel useful in my job. Um, and I want to live comfortably. So I don't want to constantly be worrying about things. And how's that going for me? Well, pretty good so far. Uh, I managed to become a technical art director. Uh, in the past 10 years, I've shipped 10 PC and console games and helped ship a couple of mobile games. In 2016, I was a BAFTA Breakthrough Brit, which is an initiative that supports up-and-coming creative talent in film, television, and video games here in the UK. I've also been featured on several sort of honours lists. Uh, I'm an award winner and have been nominated multiple times. And I've founded my own studio. So I think on all accounts kind of looks like, hey, this is a successful person. Um, yeah, definitely sort of ticking the having a career making games box. But these achievements have been pretty situational for me. I couldn't have been a director if I'd worked at a small studio and I wasn't specifically aiming for that particular title. Um, similarly, I can't decide when a studio I work at will release a game. So I can't control how many titles I'll help ship. For some people though, those might be goals. If you want to say release 10 games in 10 years, you might look at studios that have a track record of releasing a title every year or work on multiple titles at once. And these are also just the achievements that you can see from the outside. 
anyone can go to my LinkedIn profile. They can look these up uh, or you can find them on my CV. Um, there are other achievements that kind of mean a bit more to me. So in my entire career, I've done 10, maybe 12 days of overtime. That's not crunch. That's days when I've stayed long, late enough that the company has bought me dinner. Um, there have been days where I've just stayed like that extra half hour to finish off something because I know if I leave it till the next day, I'll spend longer trying to remember where I was in the process um, and catching up on it. But I think that's, it's pretty significant to kind of go like 10 days where I've stayed late to kind of go beyond sort of the work that I'm being paid for. Um, and working in the UK, I only do seven and a half hour days anyway. Uh, so it's, I'm, I'm very like anti-crunch, I think. Any of the benefits that we kind of say, oh, well, crunch is kind of good in these situations. I think we can find those benefits elsewhere. We can build company cultures that give us the benefits that come with crunch without having to actually do it. And no company, if people stop doing crunch, would go, oh, we're not profitable anymore. Well, we'll just stop making games. Companies take advantage of the fact that making video games is a creative process and that people want to do a good job because they want their work to be seen um, to the highest quality. Um, so it's kind of the more that we do over time, the more that we crunch, we're hiding the problems with the pipeline that are essentially causing crunch to happen. Um, and companies then aren't going to fix those pipeline issues because why would it if it's more cost effective for them to get work for free? If this was any other industry, they'd have to solve these technical issues in other ways if people are just like, I'm not going to work unpaid overtime because I don't have that creative tie to my work. Um, and also, I think having been a team lead, it's important to set an example to others. If I'm staying late, younger people in my team are going to think that that's what you have to do. Um, and I think especially early on in your career, you've got all that energy, but you kind of, sh you, sh you don't have the experience to be making sort of the right decisions. You'll kind of go gung-ho into things. Um, and we kind of have a responsibility as sort of more seasoned devs to lead by example. Um, another of my achievements was inspiring people to become technical artists. Uh, there's still not a huge number of technical artists in the industry. It's still a job role that I'm still having to explain to some people that I work with what exactly we do. And I've really enjoyed giving career talks, not just about being a technical artist, but about any job that exists within the video games industry. Because a lot of the time, like certainly when I was at school, it kind of didn't click with me that people make games and that I could do that for a career. So being able to tell them, actually, it 
is very technical. It is very creative. You can have a, a good job being a technical person, being an artist or anywhere in between. And I've had a, a couple of people now, because I've been doing these career talks for a while, who have spoken to me after they've got their first job in the industry and said, thank you for giving that talk. Um, it really inspired me. It kind of, it told me that there was this job role that I didn't know about that was of real interest to me. Um, so it's, it's, it feels like a real success to have kind of changed someone's life in, in a way of going, hey, here's a job um, that maybe it'll appeal to like one in a hundred, maybe one in a thousand people. But if I hadn't been there on that day, they might not have discovered it at all or maybe for like several years down the line. And being told I was a good manager was a huge success for me. I've not had a manager who really understood what I did as a technical artist. And in some cases I've had kind of incompetent team leads who have been in charge of me, who've kind of got to a position because they wanted that career advancement and have seen a leadership role as that way to do it, or they've been in a company long enough that they've fallen into it, but they're not actually passionate about leading or inspiring people. And in some cases, it can have a really detrimental effect on employees. Like there's the saying of people leave because of bad managers. Um, so for me, taking on the responsibilities as uh, a team lead and as a department director, I had to be aware for myself that I can be affecting people's lives. So being told by members of my team that I was a good manager was kind of, that to me is almost a bigger success than like shipping a game. And I kind of had to do a disclaimer of, I live in the UK and it definitely feels a lot more stable over here than in the US. We still have some major studio closures sort of every so often, but because the UK is relatively small for the number of studios that we have, there are over 2000 studios across the UK ranging from independent one person studios to those hiring hundreds of people. When there are studio closures, there's a good community of support that, neighboring studios want to hire good people. And it's usually a case of if you need to relocate, it's usually within a hundred miles, not the other side of the continent. And definitely for me, going independent, having the National Health Service makes it a lot easier to decide that I can support myself without worrying that I'll have an accident and bankrupt myself. And weirdly, I never wanted to make my own game. It was never sort of on my list of like, these are the, this is my bucket list of things I have to do in life. I was really quite happy just being good at my job, con contributing to games that weren't my idea, but as long as they're not like problematic games, I can still feel accomplished just having a good job, being good at my profession and improving my skills in that area. So, what am I doing running my own studio? Like I was in a perfectly like good stable job, enjoying doing technical art. Um, but there's a lot that you can do in AAA. And 
there's a lot of problems that come from working at a big studio. Um, when you work with a lot of people, um, company culture is made up of every single person who works there. So when you have a lot of employees, it's hard to change that culture because people are used to things being a certain way. You have to give people a reason to feel invested in change. Um, and here, feeling useful in my job is a really important thing for me. Like after a certain point, sort of financially, no one can give you more money and that will make you happier. I have to feel that what I'm doing is useful. So if I'd carried on being a technical art director, there were a lot of useful things I would have carried on doing. Um, but there were things that I couldn't do because of processes, because you're one department in many um, and it can be hard to sort of change takes a long time. So while I think a lot of studios are improving or at least they're thinking about improving and definitely where I was working, um, they were trying to put in processes of thinking about um, employee welfare. I felt that I could make a bigger change going off and starting Teaselcat. Um, I could do something that I wouldn't be able to do at a large studio. Uh, as an independent developer, I don't want to just make games for the sake of it. Where I am in my life and my career means that success for me is releasing a game that appeals to people who feel they don't have a huge range of games that are sort of aimed at them right now. It's being able to create something from my own interests, from my experiences as female, queer and mixed race something I'd have less creative control with working at a larger studio. And I wanna build an inclusive studio where other people with different ideas and diverse ranges of ideas can come together and build new and exciting games and have the space and support to do the best job that they can without sort of bureaucracy, without hierarchy. Um, and because I'll be a better developer for having other people's ideas and skills contribute to work I care about, and I can build an environment that allows the team to define the kind of game we create. It's very different from my previous success of being a really great technical artist, but it makes me feel useful. I'm still very pragmatic about what success as an indie developer looks like for me. Like I'm not gonna take six years to complete a project, um, Part of that would be because I just get bored and hate it. Um, after a while, um, I'd need to complete something. Um, and also I'd feel that it wasn't what I set out to achieve. This is still my job and it needs to be financially viable. And that looks flexible to me. So I don't need to sell a hundred thousand copies. Um, if I cover my costs and have enough money to start the next project, that's a success. Um, making enough money to hire full-time staff is even more of a success. And that's different from what success would look like to someone starting a game studio who might have less experience and it's more critical for them to release uh, a game soon and learn from that entire process. And it's different from someone who their aim is to run a big studio um, and they're having to pay people salaries every month. 
I made third goal, live comfortably. Um, this one kind of, I had to sort of learn early on how to negotiate um, and know sort of what was comfortable salary for me. Um, and I think that's important to know what you're worth so that you can sort of make those life decisions about, do I want to buy a house? Where do I want to settle down? Um, yeah. And I have this main life goal of be happy. It helps me choose what I want. Will one thing make me happier than another? Will putting an effort to gain something in the future make me happier than gaining something now that might be smaller, but it's more immediate? And if I'm not if I'm not happy, what's the use of being successful? Because you can't get your time back. Um, you can never go back and change things. Like once you've decided to stay late, that's it. I mean, you 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 might finish some work. Um, you might create something you're really proud of. But once it starts affecting your health, then you can only try and fix the problem, but it's a lot better to try and prevent it. And you have to decide what the best use of your time is, whether you care so much about, I want to make the best game or I want to release like the best selling game. And I want to work on that. Um, but you don't always have to be on. You don't always have to be sort of, being a game developer, it's okay to switch off at the end of the day. And it's a young industry and people are still working things out. We're going to get things wrong. Um, there isn't really a right way of doing things, but there are certainly things that um, are bad. So, yeah, I can't tell you what success is for you, but I can suggest a few ways of what that might look like, how to decide when it's time to change what you think success is. Your goals can and will change, and it's not a failure to change what you want. Even if that means giving up on your dream, dreams can change. Um, we discover new things, new ideas all the time. We can realize that actually what we originally wanted wouldn't make us happy or that something else would make us more happy. This could be something new that we've discovered or it could be just a reevaluation based on new knowledge, experience or a change in priorities. Um, when you start in the industry, you don't know what every single job role involves. So you might decide you want to change career path. Um you might decide you want to start a family. Goals and responsibilities will change throughout life. And this changes the priority of different things and what achievements are important to you. And it's good to be realistic. Um, you're not the exception to the rule. Everyone suffers from crunch, but to different extents. Um, I think there've already been some talks during the expo that have covered sort of the impact of crunch. Um, but we're susceptible to thinking that we can, we're not the person who's, 
who's gonna gonna suffer the most. We're the ones who can sort of like beat that sort of like fifty hour like limit, and that we'll be fine. Um, but really, there's 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 a bigger chance that we're not going to be fine because it's an average. Like mathematically, you're you're probably going to suffer. And it's important to know that a company's failure isn't your failure. If a producer is asking you to work late, by that point, they already know that they're in trouble. Um, working smart is better than working hard. Like you can hammer on with a task going like, I'll, 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 I know exactly what I'm doing. Sort of it's the same process over and over again. I can sort of, I can just complete this in a couple of days. Whereas taking sort of like an hour to sort of sit back and go, actually, how do I improve this process? Or if I go and talk to another department, can I do this in a more efficient way? Being happier doing a valuable job than your dream job. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of glamorization about working in the video games industry. Um, kind of being able to point at uh, a multi-selling game that someone's playing and go, I made that. Um, but that's kind of the thing right at the end. And that might be the thing that makes you happy, but you've got, I don't know, a year, three years of development that is going to have a bigger impact on your life. And when you're being realistic about things, you might realize that actually that time developing, it's more important to feel valuable doing that than sort of seeing your your character at the end or seeing uh, your system at the end. Um, it's also good to be realistic about your skills and what the industry needs. I speak to a lot of students who want to be concept artists, which is a really competitive area. There's not a huge amount of jobs. And unless you're kind of top tier, you're probably not going to find a job in the industry. But a role that places I've worked at have often found difficult to fill is UI artists. And there's a fair bit of crossover uh, between UI art and concept art. Um, a lot of it is 2D illustration or taking art and design and creating something usable and functional. And I don't know, for me, there are benefits to UI of your artwork will actually be seen in the game. It's not just concepts. It's not just the images um, that people will base their work off of, but you're creating something that's going to be part of the game title that players are going to see. And you can choose a lifestyle that suits you. Um, would you be happier in a stable job than kind of going after like your AAA dream? Is the company culture actually a good fit for you? We work in an industry where you get to know other people, other developers, and it's good to actually find out what the studio is like. And to if you find out that a studio isn't ideal, to not think that you'll be the exception that can change it by yourself or you can avoid it. If there is crunch culture and 
everyone feels that that camaraderie of like, hey, we're all doing it. If you don't want to put yourself in the awkward position of going, I'm going to leave when I've done my hours, then that's kind of, it's it's good to know that upfront because you can choose what to do. Um, you can go home on time, um, but there are studios that don't have those kind of cultures that it's a lot easier to work with other people who don't expect it. Um, is the location right for you? Do you really want to be spending three hours a day traveling? Um, do you want to have to live in a small apartment to not keep pets, to not be near family? Um, what happens if you are laid off? Um, it's all these decisions that only you can make. Maybe you're fine living in, in a small apartment because actually you spend a lot of time out and about. Um, what part of the industry do you want to be part of and what suits your lifestyle? Um, being indie isn't sort of, it's not as stable or financially viable as working for a studio that pays you a salary every month. Um, it's great to have a job and get paid regularly and know that you can always expect that. Um, so it might seem sort of really cool and, oh, you're living the dream to be independent, but running a studio isn't for everyone and sort of taking a cut to your salary to be sort of feel that you're more creative isn't for everyone. It's okay to have a studio job, even if it's not sort of like a really big title, you can still do really good, valuable work and feel appreciated and skilled and talented in what you do. Can you pursue interests outside of work? Um, does the lifestyle um, of the studio, other people um, support kind of what, what you want? Would it be frowned upon if you went home early or is it in a location where there are other interesting things to do? Um, or are you kind of going to be stuck somewhere where it's got terrible transport links and you suddenly realize actually you miss having access to big cities or to your friends easily? And also don't let somebody else's idea of a dream job guide you if it's not for you. Um, I know sort of for me, I kind of got to the top of the ladder and, and, and that was, that was great, but I almost kind of got there because of the opportunity, not because I set out to do it. And you don't want to become a team leader or a people manager because that seems like a good or prominent high profile job. Do it because you will enjoy it because you want to do it. In game development's not your life. If things do go wrong, your company's not going to be there to support you. Um, if they're having to lay you off, they, they don't have the time to, to find jobs for everyone. Your boss isn't going to support you, but your family will. And it's important to give time to the people who are going to have you, um, who've got your back in difficult situations. 
you can be good at your job while still treating it as a job. Uh, you can enjoy it without being married to it and say, Hey, I've done, I've done my hours. I did a really good job and I did exactly what I was paid for. Um, and I don't feel bad going home. Um, also decide where to spend your time. Going to events takes energy. Like when all your friends or it seems like everyone you know is going to GDC um, and you either can't afford it or you don't have the energy for it. Um, it's okay to sort of not be involved with everything that sort of turns up, every conference, every sort of opportunity. Um, I know people sort of early in their careers can sometimes feel like they have to take every opportunity because they don't know like sort of which networking event is going to be the one where they make a connection. But going to these events is a lot of the time it's still work. It's still taking your energy. Um, do network. It's really valuable, but don't feel that you have to be present every single time or that you're, if you don't, you're going to be terribly missing out. It is important to be aware of later software what's going on in the industry and be adaptable change, adaptable to change. But unless you're learning something specific in order to gain a skill that you care about or in order to get a new job so you can change your situation, then you don't have to spend every moment of your free time learning every new bit of software, every tool, every engine that sort of appears um, you can spend your free time doing stuff you love because it will make you a in more interesting person. Um, it will feed into your creativity to spend time doing things that aren't game development, that aren't even playing video games. Um, and it and it rests you. It means that you can spend your your creative work time that you love so much loving it um, and looking forward to going to work. Um, nobody on their deathbed wishes they'd spent more time at work. So make time for things that matter in life. And understand what's enough. A studio is a business and they pay you for your skills and the value that you bring to the project. Enough is doing the job you agreed to not breaking your back if they've created unrealistic deadlines. If you didn't finish something this week that you wanted to, but you know that you worked your best and did the job you're paid to do, then this week was a success. It's enough just to have a job and do it well. You don't have to want to be leading a team or be in charge of things. You don't have to rush ahead and be the best to appreciate the success that you've got right now. You don't need to be well-known on in the industry or online. You don't need a tw massive Twitter following or have your work in magazines to be a success. You shouldn't feel guilty for going home on time. You shouldn't feel guilty for not making games in your free time. You shouldn't feel guilty for not going to events. And you shouldn't feel guilty for enjoying life. Being happy is a success. And that's enough. So are we taking questions now?
but um, if you're watching the stream at a later date, then I have some contact details if you ever want to get in touch. Thank so you. yes, Jody, thank you first, before we get into the QA part of everything, we really appreciate your speech. Also, I love the, the uplifting ending, like the, the, the voice not moderation that you use to like, being happy and having a good life is success. I was like, oh, I can tell it's about <laughs> over, let me get, you like cued us in, and so we were already ready on our end. But yes, we are taking questions directly from the audience in Twitch chat. And uh, I believe we've got one. Right yeah, there. I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and ask the first right. question. So this is from Ben Mears one. What are some good tools for aspiring tech artists to learn? Um, so there are four main skills that I look for in technical artists because technical art covers such a range of things. Like depending on what project you're working on or what studio you're at, you could be do any, doing anything from making writing shaders to making tools to sort of prototyping things. Um, so yeah, the four main skills are, um, if I can remember, I'll totally forget and look terrible. Um, know at least one art process. Um, so whether that's a character modeling, texturing process, environment art, VFX, um, you kind of need to know at least one era of art to start making things. Um, know a programming or scripting language because you will be doing technical things. Um, work well in a team because the artists are your clients. If you don't like working with other people, then it's, it's gonna be an instant fail. Um, and I've completely forgotten the fourth one, but, um, oh yeah. And be a problem solver, which is the yeah, main yeah. one. Cause that's pretty much the, what being a technical artist is. You have to enjoy solving problems because a lot of the time you're not just making art, you're, you're finding new ways of making art or you're supporting the artists. So being able to identify what their problems are sometimes when they don't even realize it. Um, you've got to you've got to love that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so tools. Um, I think it it will change depending on where you work and how technology advances. Um, but in terms of scripting languages, Python's pretty useful to know because it's used in many different bits of software. Um, but yeah, being adaptable because. Um, once you start learning skills as a technical artist, they're very sort of transferable. You might be working, you'll be working with different game engines, whether that's Unity, Unreal, something in-house, but kind of just being able to adapt to that. So um, nothing kind of too specific, I guess. It's It'll mostly be what the artists are using, but um, yeah, Python's a good language um, and find problems and fix them. Uh, yeah. That's great. Uh, question number two from Indie Developer. It is, uh, what's been your biggest lesson in owning your own studio? My biggest lesson? Um, the biggest thing I've had to learn is the business side. Um, I'm being honest with myself. Uh, it's, it's not where my passion lies. I'm definitely more of a developer, but I'm glad I've learned the business side. I think if if I'd been starting off and there was someone there who loved the business side that I knew I could trust, then I would totally have a business person. Like if if there's anyone out there who loves biz dev, um, then 
do contact me i would love to pay someone to take sort of that side and run with it and be passionate about it um but because when i set up the studio it's i definitely want to do it on my terms so i think uh rebecca saltzman covered sort of this side of stuff with um sort of the maths uh behind sort of running uh your running a studio and the fact that a loan might enable you to do stuff now but it's somebody else's money you've got to pay it back so any investment opportunity i kind of look at critically of is this right for me and my company is it better to keep sort of the studio and what we produce on a smaller scale so we're spending less money so we don't have to sell as many copies so for me to have brought on someone early and kind of go you we're gonna have to pay ourselves absolute minimum unless i found someone with that vision um i kind of i i, I couldn't do that um so yeah learning the business side um because it is a business i want to make money so i can pay people so i can make the next game um that's been the biggest thing for me to learn yeah, it's, it's definitely those, uh, it's a skill set that you kind of observe casually until you actually start doing it when you're like branding yourself, starting your own business, finally talking to lawyers, finally listening to producers. It's it's something that, <laughs> it's like, uh, you, you definitely start appreciating everybody's role a lot more uh, because now you have to, you know, wear different hats and it's a natural progression. Um a lot of the things that you were presenting uh first of all congratulations yeah. all right Big uh t- 10 times over time for the last 10 years i think that's the entire a, career the entire career that's yeah. a record and we God. we want that that is exactly how it should be we shouldn't and, be surprised that's yeah we shouldn't be surprised i think anybody who are uh very comfortable and telling anybody or just you know setting an example especially as a lead and saying hey this you can still get your stuff done and go home you know it's about efficiency Mm. not about like taking forever on something uh aside from that um i guess obviously uk is a lot different from the us uh you spoke about uh unions are awesome uh for for anybody in the us right now can you kind of explain uh the function over there more so since we're, we're trying to get this thing going and it's not just the opposition from the corporate it's opposition within our, our own dev community uh, and I think there's just a lot of confusion obviously uh, we had Emma Kanema on first and she helped clear the air but I would love to hear some perspective from the, the UK about this yeah so um, unfortunately for me when we got a, a, a game workers union um, I w- was then a CEO so I can't join the union because I have hiring and firing power Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm on the other side of the table now where my employees can join the union Um, and as an employee you so yeah I'll be talking from what I know of unions over here in the UK Um, as an employee you don't have to tell your company your manager anyone that you are part of a union Um, you have certain support such as um, if you're doing salary negotiations uh, with your company you can bring in a union representative to talk on your behalf so that can be someone who doesn't even work at your company they've not got like 
an interest in sort of I don't know uh getting you the most money because they're your friend or because they work in the same department and they want everyone to get paid well their interest is in everyone getting paid fairly and the union should have wider knowledge than just where you work um and that's 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 the great power of of the kind of the network of the union is that they'll be talking to people who work at different studios um they'll should hopefully have statistics on what is the actual um, salary expectation for sort of different roles and at different levels they might not know sort of like fine-tune like if you've got x skill and somebody else doesn't um but i mean that's that's a big part of kind of the union supporting sort of the the salary side of things is that um they'll have these brackets to keep people feeling paid fairly and overall people will be happier sort of not worrying that sort of someone who joined a project at a crucial time could just ask for more money um, because a company is just going to say yes to that um, in the uk you can't strike unless you are part of a union so um if anyone over here did want to go on strike then they'd have to join a union um so there is the potential for us doing that in the future um yeah and i think just having that um having a union there who is there to talk and it's not kind of just people running the union and they tell you what to do you're or, or tell you how things should be you're contributing to that every single person who joins the union every member has a say and that's kind of how democracy works so i think in the time that the union over here that has been running i think it's been since december last year they've had two elections i think one was to sort of decide uh the chair and vice chair uh sort of in the We've just set it up intermediate time and as they got new members they've re-elected people the treasurer um so it's it's definitely a lot of work running a union and i think that's uh, a big part of why it takes so long to get these things up and running because it's a whole set of skills that isn't game development um, and it's not creative um so it takes for people who have the energy to go i want to change this and i'm going to put time into doing something that's organizing a lot of people um but yeah it's having all those people and having their voices and going how do we want the industry to look how do we want fair practices to look like what should guidelines be for um hiring uh equally um for for making sort of the industry and positions available to people from all different backgrounds um for yeah making how do we see our industry looking better um so yeah um yeah from my perspective yeah unionization is 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 very positive all right i've got a quick question for you this one is from uh left-handed heather the question is, well, first, thanking you for your insight in the talk. Uh, and she says, uh, it's so important to maintain balance, but it's also so difficult. I feel like a lot of us are taught to seek the best and not what makes us happy. Do you have any advice for people that have the tendency towards going above and beyond because, uh, because of these sorts of ideals? 
know that yeah, that is a tricky one um and i think i guess my advice would be find people who can support alternative views or if you think um actually these aren't the best practices and it's not right for me finding people with different perspective um and that can be a really good thing and it can be a really dangerous thing because um, we do end up sort of living in these echo chambers of if you're a studio that has crunch and everyone's just used to it, you kind of get that echo of like, it's fine, we're all in this together. Um, alternatively, like you can have uh, pretty I mean, even worse echo chambers of, I mean, we, we sort of see the sort of, uh, rise of the very, uh, right wing, uh, individuals in, in sort of politics and, and I mean, Gamergate, uh, they've got a space on the internet where people are echoing that this is, this is fine and, and our opinions are perfectly valid. Um, but finding, finding those sort of voices and people that you respect out, side of um kind of that immediate people who are enforcing that yeah you have to be the best and that's achievement um especially finding finding people who are more senior in the industry uh especially for me finding um senior women because they've kind of been through it so like there's i mean for me there's loads of useful advice for from men but when i kind of had um female older female mentors or like mentors that i respected that were kind of like yeah that's totally okay and and what you want is valid and that's an all right thing to to want um it felt i had a lot more belief in in that than kind of just sort of someone offhand being like yeah you can like not do crunch or hey you're good at this um and i really and finding interesting talks um online like there's plenty of gdc talks about people doing interesting things um a big one for me was um free code um because she's she had quite a similar experience to me in that she'd been a lead in triple a working on assassin's creed and then she went off and did her own thing which is making um video games that uh she calls them companions they're mobile apps that aren't about getting immediate reward um from like um like seeing numbers go up but that give you kind of um an emotional reward back of like feel good feeling um so finding people out there who can kind of say yeah there is success there and it's okay to want stuff that isn't sort of being at the top of your game and being triple a or or sort of working on multi-million selling profitable whatever um it's it's okay to want those things um and still go I value my health and I know what my limits are. Um, but just because of the environments and the culture that comes with those kind of studios, it can be a you can be sort of the odd person out. But um, 
yeah, definitely where I worked previously, like Creative Assembly, um, pretty much very, very limited uh, overtime for a lot of uh, the development team. Like um, nobody ever asked me to to specifically do overtime. Um, and yeah, it is, it, it does feel it's a lot easier in, in the UK. Um, but I think that's sort of like, yeah, knowing, knowing your boundaries and I, and I guess going like, Hey, if I, if I work at a double A studio and not triple A, I'll actually be happier. Um, but yeah, finding those people who, who will support those decisions and go, yeah, actually this is what works for you and it's okay to want that. Um, definitely helps you like, even if it's just like people on Twitter that are sort of like, ah, crisis time. Am I doing the right thing? Um, yeah. Having friends um, to just go, yeah, you, you know yourself, um, go with it. Well, Jody, you're, you're painting a really pretty picture overseas. Uh, Hoxie 3d asked, uh, would you suggest a move to the UK from the U S since you said it has some pretty big financial benefits? Um, yes. Um, I think, yeah, having grown up with the NHS, um, and not having to do my own taxes, um, yeah, basically like not having to worry about things means that I guess from the opposite perspective, I kind of just wouldn't myself consider a career in the U S. So I guess the other way around is yes, the UK is a good place to work. So yeah, come join us. Um, especially for uh, particular careers that um, there are skill shortages. The UK uh, definitely hires people from overseas places that I've worked have hired people from all across the world. Um, and yeah, where I worked before, they'd never had a visa rejected um, because um, you have to be skilled to make video games. Um, and if we can't find the talent in the UK, then we're going to have to look overseas, which is, one of the really depressing things um, about Brexit for us right now is like, oh, it's really, it's really easy to hire people from Europe right now, and I, I don't want that to go away. Um, so, yeah, definitely consider it. Um, I think the the main challenge is kind of understanding the salary conversion, because if you just look at the numbers, even with a sort of direct like, what is the currency conversion right now? I think because of having to do your like do your own taxes or, or whatever the system is, depending on where you are in the US. Um, it often looks like you're earning a lot more in the US. Sometimes that is the case, possibly because it's more volatile. Um, but a lot of the time, um, because you've often got more holidays in the UK, um, you'll have uh, other benefits. You don't need an expensive car to get places. You can walk. Um yeah, um, yeah, I like working in the UK. It's it's very nice, and we also have castles, um, which is cool. Yeah, uh, queens to go in the to go with it. Well, oh man, I, I hate to do this, but the way that time works, there's only so much of it. And Jody, you've given us more than enough content to fill the hour. And I, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate your involvement in us having the very first GDUX uh, ever. Like no one has ever done this before the way that we've done it. And you're a part of the very first one. And uh, you're on day three and you're still keeping the energy live. Everyone in Twitch chat uh, was like saying, this is great energy. It's good in perspective. 
Uh, we really appreciate uh, what you're doing. And then one person's even saying it's a start to helping the United States get the kind of things that you have over there. And so you got to start somewhere. And so uh, I really appreciate everything that you've done. And I also refuse to crunch. I want from now on, if I work more than 10 days, I'm serious. Like, no, nah, that's I'm going to reset and I'm going to see if I can tie that record or mm-hmm. beat it starting from now because <laughs> you i think your your 10-day quota for your whole career was probably like my bi-monthly quota if you average it across all my jobs mm-hmm. yeah something like that it definitely helps to have a spouse yelling at you to not crunch so i i've been on this bandwagon for a long long time <laughs> but uh yeah i mean uh the reality is 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 within the developer's control I, I think a lot of people get lost thinking that they have to do this have to do that it's like no you're your own person you you, you have your own values and there are other ways and that's the thing i think a lot of people get funneled vision tunnel vision and to thinking works. yeah either way tunnel vision into thinking that this is the only way it works for the industry and they are so blinded from everything and everyone that is succeeding with the same skill set so one of the reasons why we have Jody on and every other speaker to kind of, hey, there are other ways, obviously. Uh, so thank you, Jody, again for, for coming on. Yeah, and uh, we wish your studio, your studio, your studio, much success yeah. and prosperity in the future. And we hope to hear more about your achievements and accomplishments. So please feel free to brag to us whenever you want. Yeah. We're going to throw cool. your slides mm-hmm. up, ways to contact you. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, for joining us and uh, talk to you soon.